social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Because if you're social, then you really should be tweeting less. If you're social, then you really could be leading less. You can't let what people say it's so mysterious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and on today's show, we are speaking with Eleni Tavansis, Senior Manager of Digital and Social Communications at one of my favorite brands, Lily Pulitzer, which is why I'm so excited. Eleni has experienced the revolution of social media and digital marketing from the front row since 2007. She's got a ton of social media experience. She, in fact, was the first social media employee for the multi-channel retailer QVC. She built out that team the whole when social was first starting. I can't wait to ask her all about that, too. And she now lead social and digital communication strategy for the original American resort wear brand, Lily Pulitzer. I'm so excited to have her here. So welcome, Eleni. Thank you so much. I'm so pumped to be a part of this. Oh, it's you are the most perfect guest because you truly are a social lady. So tell us like <laughs> how you got there. How did you, because you've been in this for a long, you've been at this for a long time and really in the social space. Tell us how you, how you got to that place in your career. Sure, sure. Well, you know, it's really like it's that magic sauce of being in the right place at the right time, mm-hmm. and then also not being afraid to do some professional stalking. Um, <laughs> and I was, I was at QVC. I, it was my first job out of college. I started as a copywriter. Writing was my favorite skill to use, and it was really my talent, but it wasn't my passion to be yep. doing that, but it was a company that I loved, and I wanted to be around there for a little bit and soak it up. So I kind of started bouncing around to different jobs and looking and seeing where where did the people that I admired in the company who were higher up, how did they get there? And kind of, and then seeing, is there any openings for me? Can I get there? I wanted to end up in marketing and branding, but I had no experience. Right. So I just started talking to people. And I ended up, I was a trend researcher in fashion, beauty, and jewelry in 2007. And at the same time, there was this task force assembling to have a very serious conversation about Facebook and what sort of Facebook group should we have? Because this was even before right. pages or anything. Right. And I said, and I wasn't part of the meeting. And I said, okay, I need, I need to be in this room. And I'll do anything you need. So I ended up doing the initial research, helping the marketing team who I basically idolized, you know, do all of their initial research, present findings. And then there was just this magic happening where there was a spot open. We were under the same CMO for like about a month of the research team and the marketing team. And they were able just to steal me over into marketing. And at that time in um, February 2008, I became the first social media employee for QVC. And then just it kind of exploded from there. It grew by exponentially year over year. And when I left um, last June, 
there was over 100 employees that were touching on social media through all different parts of the company. Wow. It was incredible. What a legacy for you to leave and what a story from just starting out of college. Do you think that it was what I heard in that story was that you really made yourself available and showed and expressed and took a proactive interest? Do you think that that's what got you over to marketing? So you because you weren't there initially, I think for a lot of our younger listeners, it's very important to learn how you can get to the next step. And I just heard you really being very proactive about it. Do you think that's the key? Yeah, I think that is the key. And that's always but what's been instilled with me by people who've managed me. They always saw that, okay, I might not have Eleni in this job forever, but you know, how can I kind of keep her with the company or inspire her? And part of it was going to talk to these people. You know, just because someone's a vice president or a director and they seem like they're in this fancy office, they're always I always found at least everybody was willing to sit down, even fifteen minutes. And just let me ask them questions. And then you've made that connection. So you're, you're building your network in person, you know, as well as you can do that online, and just taking advantage of everybody who's in a building with you, which is key. So for QVC, when you were doing that, did you was it hard to gain buy-in across, or did you feel like a lot of it was around um, the education? Because to build that level of social presence and really uh, devotion to social, right, putting people's jobs against social, that kind of thing, that must have required a lot of persuasion, right? Or was the C-suite just immediately on board with this? I mean, that would have been the dream part. Yes, but of course. <laughs> with anything in any large company, it takes education. And that's where I got to really hone my, pers- my skills of persuasion. And the incredible thing, though, about QVC really taking, they knew that it was the right thing and to take that leap into social media to build an online community and just really focus on that. This was also in the same time where there was economic downturn, and a lot of companies could have been shy about putting resources, people resources, towards social. But it was the right time to continue building an emotional connection with a company when people might not necessarily be able to shop all the time. But just because they couldn't shop doesn't mean you really want to lose that feeling of being connected, especially with uh, a TV network and a website and such a personal connection to so many of the hosts. So it was a lot of, we call, I remember the original deck with my um, marketing manager at the time, it was called the convincing and the plan. Oh. And the convincing part was the whole, the whole, you know, pony show about it. this is everything we can do with social. Look how great. And then, the, you know, go to market plan. It's really an incredible time, uh, that that time right where you were in 2007, right when Facebook opened up beyond the college market, was such a, an interesting crux of social, like where everything kind of shifted. So that that's really exciting, Eleni. That, that's amazing what you did with QVC there. It's awesome. Thanks. And so from QVC, you went over mm-hmm. to Lilly. And so tell us a little bit about kind of that move, how you made that move, and then we'll talk a little bit about, about what Lilly uh, stands for in social because you've got this obviously this incredible presence and growth and, and everything along those lines. But first, tell me about your move there. You were ready for a change? Sure. Well, I, was, I wasn't 100% ready for a change. It was one of those things that was kind of in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. Like, here are all these fantastic people. I had this rock star team. If I got hit by a bus... This whole operation could keep on going without me. Yep. I didn't feel like I was so essential. And that was just kind of in my head, and I wasn't doing anything yet. And then at the same time, I remember I took off the day of work. I went to a day Phillies game. I'm on the quiet car of the train coming back with all the commuters, and I get this email, a LinkedIn message from Caroline Kiesler, who's our Lily Pulitzer recruiter. 
just kind of reaching out passively to see if I would be interested in this, you know, social media manager job. And I wanted to dance in the aisles and lose my mind. Oh. It was the one place where I had to be completely quiet. <laughs> oh, and was that because you were so passionate for the brand? Like, what, what was it that struck you about that opportunity? Total dream. I, um, I've grown up in the western suburbs of Philadelphia, so really a really big area where Lily is just loved and respected. And I just, it, fashion is such an interest of mine. I could, anytime I remember, on a QVC when I'd be writing copy for a product detail, it could be any category. And the feedback I always got from my editors was, you're making this sound a little too fashiony. I mean, I'm writing about like a printer. Oh, because it's your so passion. <laughs> That's your passion. And I and I just and I love it. So just seeing that and knowing that they're headquartered right in the same place where I was already living made it such wow. an easy thing. Like get me into this building. And then by talking to the recruiter, I learned one of my favorite things about the Lily Poulter headquarters is that it's referred to as the Pink Palace. Well, clearly, who wouldn't want to work in a pink palace at any time? Of course. That's amazing. Everybody should work in a pink palace. Everyone at least inspiring and happy and optimistic. It's fantastic. Now, is the pink palace actually pink? It is. It's light pink on the outside. And then there's beautiful accent walls in all of our color palettes of pink throughout the entire building. And there's palm trees and there's always island music playing it's really great. It's really trying to bring that, you know, slice of Palm Beach life to every day. And this is this is a brand that people have a tremendous, tremendous affinity for. And that really shows in social. When you got there, had they already, mm-hmm. I assume they had already had their this tremendous social presence because you're there pretty recently, right? How, when did exactly. you get there? Exactly. I'm just here over a year. Yeah. So they so- had a great social presence before. And that was also one of the great things to walk into. Things were definitely not a mess. Things were beautiful, but it was, we were kind of, they were reorganizing marketing and thinking about it more strategically and pairing us up social media along with really strong graphic designers and cool creative producers so that we were going more towards our visual strengths um, as a brand and showcasing that. Amazing. So this is very different for you as an experience from QVC where you're building something from the ground up to coming into a place mm-hmm. where the quality is already high. How did you find a way to really make your impact? One of the ways that I was able to make an impact almost immediately, which can be one of the scary things when mm-hmm. you, you know, you've been a rock star at your other job and you come in somewhere else and you're like, don't you know who I am? I you're can the do new- good things. Right. You, went, you have to you're learn. Right. right. You have to build your credibility bank. You have to come in and be like, look, Ab- here's what I can do. Exactly. Absolutely. And it's humbling and it's a really good thing to have happen. Um, but one of the things I was able to do kind of hit the ground running with is we have this really, really strong visual presence. It's so beautiful. And then there's this really great heritage from Lily Pulitzer as the woman and all of the irreverent sayings and quirky things and things like, oh my gosh, what just came out of her mouth. Perfect things to share. But we also needed to kind of update what the words were, the modern words that would go along with that as well. So I was able to bring that, going back to that talent of writing, being able to take that, take this brand and help advance what the brand voice was going to sound like. Amazing. So tell me a little bit 
about the overarching social strategy of Lily Pulitzer. Like, what what is the strategy? What is the goal? And how do they use social in everyday life? For those of us who aren't quite as obsessed with your with your social presence as I am, which I know it backwards and forwards, by the way, because <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, our goal every single day is to set out is to reinforce our brand positioning that we are Lily's authentic resort chic, that we're a Palm, Pe- Palm Beach heritage brand, and that that's the life we're trying to showcase. This season, we're calling it Resort 365, which really alludes to, you know, a lot of other retailers are talking about fall yep. sweaters. All day, every day. We need to be at resort in resort wear. We need to be gorgeous exactly. and relaxed. Let's put on pants. Like, take me to the beach. Let's, and this, this is the life that we get to celebrate. Uh, so that even if you're not there every day, why not feel like it? So that's, that's what we want to do. I always love when If I look at all of the tiles on our Instagram, yep. I always feel that we're in Palm Beach, that we're in this beautiful place. Our whole print studio is being highlighted. We have these amazing in-house artists. It's really... It's a marketer's dream. I mean, this place is just filling content everywhere I look. <laughs> and so which channel would you say has been the most effective for you? I know you've done incredible stuff I've seen on the Instagram, on Pinterest. Um, I saw the Summer Prinspiration Board, which I loved. <laughs> um, so tell me, which, which of the channels do you feel like is most effective for Lily Pulitzer? Instagram is really our thing. Um, yep. You know, I came from a place before where everything had to be really measured, and I had to really quantify every move that I made, which can sometimes be, which can, not sometimes, that can be hard. Yes. yes, And you can get really good at it, and you can focus where you prove the wins, but you also need to experiment, and you need to play. And I think that's one of the really great things about Lily is that we're just given so much freedom on our Instagram. Everybody in here, including my boss, the vice president of creative communications, that's our favorite platform, and it just shows. I have this rock star Caroline on my team who just, like, she's up on ladders. She's t- she has the little, you know, she's a great tripod. Like, she will do anything to get a great Instagram shot. And I think that really just shines through all the fun we're having, all the great places we're going. It's the best way to do it. And that's really where our girl is. And I think one of our goals is to kind of, as the New York Times called it last week, make sure that it's a thumb stopper. You know, I think that's one of the things that we're doing in the Instagram feed is that we're looking different than our competition. We're painting on top of our catalog images and we're just showing all of the facets of the Lily brand and not just kind of one side of it. I have to tell you that I I am pretty sure it's got to be 90 something percent, right, of people that I've interviewed here. I would ask Chad, our producer, like who say when we talk about the platforms, just about everyone, when we're talking about our favorites, says Instagram. I think it's so telling. It's just it's it doesn't matter the brand. I mean, particularly for fashion, for sure. But I think that it's just something that is resonating for brands and something that people are really engaging with. It's 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 incredible to hear about. Totally, and I just feel. I mean, all of our we call them pink turns. All of our summer interns were here for the summer. So, of course, I'm picking their brain to make sure I'm not getting into old lady territory and missing out on something in social media no that kidding. I need to know about. No kidding. But it was like, describe to me your day. What do you do first? And it's really, you basically wake up. Your phone is your alarm, of course. Right. And you're reaching that. And the first thing they're doing is not looking at email, not looking at Facebook. They're going, not looking at their snaps. They're going right to Instagram. Yep. Yep. And that's the coolest thing for us as a marketer, you know, we can really help dominate that feed. And I think one of the things we've done is we've established a regular cadence of when people should look for um, original content from us. We have this thing that's hashtag Lily five by five. 
and they're five days a week, five o'clock-ish, because in the lily world, nothing's ever totally precise. Right. Okay. Well, because it's, they're it's basically on resorts relaxing, right? Perfect. And, and then it's these beautiful original paintings from our print studio. Each print designer rotates on a schedule. They come up with something. Sometimes we talk about ideas together, what mm-hmm. we'd love to see, or it's inspiration about what they've gone on one of their trips to maybe Key West. And that's, and that's around five o'clock-ish every day. People really look forward to that. Like this, I, it's kind of like you see it. We post it as the inst- on the Instagram, and on the Instagram on Instagram. <laughs> we post it on the Instagram. By the and way, I have said the Facebook like a hundred times. I'm always like, put it on the Facebook, and then I feel like a hundred years old. That's it's something wrong. Okay, <laughs> it's, continue. It's sitting on the World Wide Web. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Love it. Um, and then you quickly see the screenshots of girls who've already made that the lock screen on their phone coming through as tweets and Instagrams back to us. It's like the fastest cycle of, I need this all over my phone. I need this all over my life. That's incredible. Incredible. Very gratifying. Now, is it very collaborative there? Can everyone contribute? And like, if somebody takes a good shot, can it be used in Instagram? Do you encourage everybody to participate? How is social handled there? Absolutely. Um, I mean, there's just, we have these, all of our stores, our retail experiences beautiful and incredible and each store has some of its own custom paintings and feelings and everybody who works in our stores and the whole lily experience is such a part of the brand and they're all lily girls so i'm always encouraging people to send in great images of floor sets and different stores fitting rooms or even just quotes from people i think one of the things that can be missing sometimes of translating the retail experience into social is missing some of that customer review that, you know, if you share an online review, people love it and really connect with it. And it's a peer's voice. I would love to have more of that from that from stores. If someone comes out of a sitting room and they're getting something for their rehearsal dinner, how do they feel? What are they saying? Like yes. everybody has that wow moment. And that yes. would be so cool to capture more of that. That would be amazing. And so do you think that that's the biggest challenge that you have overall, like capturing that UGC? It sounds like people are, are really participating, but maybe not as as in the moment, right? Like when they're in that fitting room. What would you say is the biggest challenge for Lily Pulitzer, uh, the brand, in social media? Do you have a challenge or is it just all perfect? <laughs> you can it's tell all, me. It looks perfect. It looks pink and, and it looks pink. Right, right. And really, unicorns. UGC for us has been fantastic. Yes. We've been working with our customer really kind of since I came, but it was really strong this summer with hashtag Summer and Lily because it's kind of, it's the perfect time for our brand. Our girl is celebrating her life out in all these beautiful places all around the world. Yep. And that kind of did it for itself, but I'd love to be able to capitalize more of those in-store moments since we can't be everywhere. Yeah. Um, Yes. How they're feeling in that experience. Yes. That's, yes, that's a great challenge. I think to get, to cap because it's such a captive, fabulous audience that already loves you. It's how to take that, that in-store moment and bring it online, I think is a great, that's a great challenge to look at. Right. And then one of the things though, that kind of kicks around in my head is that I would never, I personally, and I feel pretty strong about it, that I don't want to take away from how special our retail experience can be too. So like, how do you make it feel really natural? Right. You would want someone to be sharing and doing things that are digital right. in the store without taking away from, oh my gosh, look at the walls. Look how crazy it is in right. here. There's monkeys. Right, right. Because it is such a special experience there when you walk into a store. Right. Yes. So tell me, one of the things you mentioned was that 
Lily allows you to play, right? And you can play on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so how are you, are you, do you have to show a return? How do you report on results? What, what does success look like for you in a campaign that you've done with Lily Pulitzer? Yeah, I think it really, it differs by campaign. There's definitely times where we're proving out just your, you know, your standard ROI when it comes to Facebook advertising. Mm-hmm. And we're working with our e-commerce team on Facebook retargeting. Like we're in that world, but also by kind of proving out the sales and the traffic and the new customers on that side of things, that's kind of what gives you that street cred to say, okay, now you can have a little bit more room. You should go play and experiment. And just even by knowing that Instagram, we love it so much. Our photos are really great. No one in the world, other than through kind of tiny different ways, are experimenting with Instagram commerce, but there's no true linking other than the link in the profile. Right, right. But just by directing people to that link in the profile is already proving so much traffic back to our site. So it's kind of, it just helps. The more stats that we get help prove out all of our theories and our hunches. Yes. So Have you tried good, changing it really, the link? It goes by campaign. Sometimes it's impressions. Sometimes it's sales. We can set up a goal for everything that we do. They yep. just differ. Yep. Have you tried change in Instagram? Have you changed or in Instagram? Again, I did the same thing too on Instagram. <laughs> do you try changing up the link on the in the profile and changing it as yeah. you post different things? Yeah, that I found that to be really effective and cool when you do some some really different things and then change it back. I mean, it's still it's still a two step process, but I feel like eventually they'll they'll do the linking. I just think they want to keep it a pretty organic experience. And I think that's the beauty of it. You always know that in your feed, anyone that you follow, you'll be able to see what's happening from them. You don't have to go dig for it or not hear from someone for a while. Yes. And the link in the profile, I think one of the things that we have to be disciplined on, I think, as social media marketers is to use it sparingly and right. not just, okay, here's the cool thing. Let's do it a million times yes. and everyone's going to get sick of it and yes. then what do we do next? Yes, yes, exactly. It's it's trying new things without inundating the consumer with, oh, look at this cool new thing we're trying every second and like understanding what the consumer actually loves and, and cherishes about your brand and just tapping into that. And I think I think speaking about cherishing your brand, you know, you, you have some real, really, really strong brand advocates out there for Mm -hmm. you. Uh, You know, I mentioned to you earlier that my sister-in-law actually named her daughter Lily with the same spelling as Lily Pulitzer. And like, she's a big, yeah, she's a big Lily girl. So we'll have to discuss. But is there anything that you do to really rally or channel your most, most loyal fans? Is there anything that you do uh, to tap into that group? Yeah, absolutely. I would say that we're in the baby steps, crawling sort of zone of that. And over the next year, my goal, I'm kind of putting together my three-year plans and defining what sort of social marketer I want to be. And that's the kind of one I want to be is really hugging those who are so influential and who love us so much, hugging them even more and letting them feel the love. Um, But some of the ways that we've been playing with it and getting out there has been through email segmenting, taking the people um, to social campaigns earlier, releasing a collection earlier to some of our most loved customers. And then we just we did one also around um, National Wear Lily Day, which is also the first day of summer, June Love. 21st. But we celebrate it as our own holiday. Um, you know, another excuse for a party. Of course, why not? Why not? If, we're resor- we if a- we're resort around the clock, we're looking at resort 365 every day. So then we you know, exactly. might as well. Every day is a party. <laughs> exactly. Um, so one of the things we did, we just tested out what it would feel like for us to do a small surprise and delight campaign to some of our um, more recent people who've kind of recently become 
um, top customers to us, in particular through the e-commerce experience, so that we can kind of give them some of the warmth that comes through in our stores. And we just we picked out two of our Murphy scarves, which are these beautiful silk cashmere blend scarves yes. that we have, and we boxed it up beautifully and sent th- sent it to them and sent one for them and then one for a friend. And we just said, spread the sunshine. We love you. You love your friends. Give them a gift and, you know, just keep thinking of us. And we just wanted to see what it would be like. We just put a tiny little hashtag in the bottom. We didn't give them any call to action or come back for a promo code. I think there's a lot more we could have done, but we wanted to just do it as a team. We're a small, scrappy marketing team. See what it feels like. See what she says. And then keep doing it. And the reaction was really strong. People naturally were sharing their pictures and tweeting to us and just kind of generally losing their minds. Who wouldn't be excited to get two scarves in the mail? Right, right. And you just feel so special. You feel so rewarded. It's pretty incredible. That's awesome. Right. And I love it. It was that was fun. We all had a blast assembling the boxes and putting it together. It was really the you know a whole team effort. I love it. I love it. So we've talked a lot about Lily Pulitzer. Now let's talk a little bit about you. I know you that you do oh about you. Um, <laughs> so I know that you've done some speaking. You've spoken at uh, at Oma Mobile and Media Post, and I know that you're going to be speaking at Social Fresh West, which I spoke at Social yes. Fresh East. So I'm so sad we didn't see each other. We were on the wrong know, sides of the country. Um, but I would love to hear about um, how you got into that. What inspired you around that, and um, and just what, what overall, what topics you address? Yeah, I love speaking and the, you know, and kind of going to these different industry events and connecting with people. I got into it um, through the university side of things. There is a um, Villanova University is right by us, and they're fantastic. And I started um, going there, and when even when I was at QVC and speaking to some their summer business school, being part of their social media week. And just through that and kind of my own organic social media connections with people, the invitation started coming in, and that was awesome. And I have the freedom, you know, at Lily, they've given me the freedom to go be part of these panels and go speak, um, which is great. And then one of the other ways that I've been connecting to a lot of these events are through different vendors and partners that we work with. So um, through, we use Curulate as a tool and also OfferPop. Curulate. I know. So getting to speak on a panel with a poo is one of my favorite things to do. Oh, amazing. Yeah, we were at um, South by Southwest together speaking on a panel about UGC and millennials in particular. That's awesome. Um, But we love Curly. They're, you know, another Philly company. And they are awesome and innovating like crazy. Oh, love it. Yeah, they're doing great things. Yeah, so we, I've gone and I've spoken with them and then... um, also with Offer Pop, we did a great Forrester webinar together. And, you know, just when we pick great vendors and we're doing cool things together, I think that's one of the things that people have to do, you know, is just really celebrate that relationship. For sure. For sure. I think that's great. And now you also, correct me if I'm wrong, you also mm-hmm. were or currently possibly still are, I couldn't tell, a beauty blogger. Is that correct? I, wa- I used to be, yeah. You have not, you're no longer beauty blogging. That's what I thought. But I just wanted to make sure. So tell me about that when you were a blogger and how you how you kind of took that and got people reading and, and involved. Oh, it was so much fun. One of my good friends, Andrea, from when I was a copywriter at QVC, she left to be a full-time blogger and to be a, um, an editor 
of a, at the time of a UK site that was coming over to the US. And they needed freelance bloggers, and it was fantastic. I didn't have to build up my own following. I got to contribute to something that was established. I got to review beauty products, That's which amazing. who doesn't want to play with free beauty products? Amazing. And I, I loved it. It was so much fun. And it was one of those things that when I wasn't writing so, you know, in a brand voice, it gave me a chance to be able to express myself and my voice. And that was before, kind of probably as I was joining Twitter, which then Twitter allowed me to never shut up and right, hear my voice right, all the time. Right. And so that's actually really interesting is that you're working in social. You've even done some beauty blogging around social. It, do you get when you're done with work, you're looking at that. Is this something that's like a total work-life mix? Is it a blend together? Do you love using social personally? Are you kind of done at the end of the day? Where are you? I think I go through different phases. You know, I just spent, this is so great, I spent three weeks in Greece this summer, oh. and I was so, you know, peace out, turn off, yep. I don't need to look at anything, yep. and that was the best break in the universe. Yep. You know, I, I had access to things, if something was catching on fire, just send me a text, not the end of the world, yep. but I just didn't have to kind of dive into all of the minutiae, so I've been trying to give myself a better break, um, but there is such a great blend that I love between my work fashion, things that I love, travel, resorts, food, um, celebrities, and bloggers, and then my personal life. There's really not a ton of difference. When I started working at Lily, it wasn't like I had to start following a bunch of Instagram accounts that I didn't even find interesting. It was like, oh, well, that's already my feed, so it we're good. sounds like you're living really what your passion is, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, and I think that's why it feels natural and it's not exhausting. Everybody needs a break from their job at some point. That's life and that's what you're supposed to do so you can come back refreshed and more creative and ready to go. Um, but yeah, it's, I get to live what I love. That's really awesome, Eleni. I love it. So just to kind of round it out for us, tell me mm -hmm. what advice you would give to mini-yous, people who want to be you one day. What, would you, what advice would you give to them? They're just coming out of school. They, they absolutely have you know, a tremendous passion in an area that they're interested in, and they love social media. What do they do? Follow all the people that you love, first of all, in as many places as possible. And don't be creepy and, you know, you don't, it, it's not creepy to talk to someone on social media that you're following. There's a whole reason why people are doing it. So you don't have to just kind of peek into someone's world and see what they're like, but reach out. You know, can I direct message you? Do you have 15 minutes to just talk to me? So many times, and this will probably result in some sort of flood, but I'm okay <laughs> with it because I've been there. People, I mean, people just message me on LinkedIn. They find me on Twitter. And yeah, I always have time to respond to an email. That's just some questions. And if I can help anyone point them in the right direction, it's hard. It's hard to figure out. I graduated from Syracuse with an English degree, which is awesome. I totally chose to do that. But I didn't know what the hell to do right, with my right, life. And right. if I had more people that I could, like me, who I could have asked questions, that would have been awesome. Awesome. Now, you must be connected to Michelle from Likeable Media then if you went to Syracuse. Auto girl? Totally. Oh, oh yeah. My I mean, that's how I got here. She's a social lady. She was also mm -hmm. interviewed pretty recently, and she's the, like the biggest Cuse fan that ever lived. 
She's I so, saw the video of her dancing. She looked amazing. She's so cute. Wonderful. Well, I'm so happy that we had you on today, Eleni. And I want everyone to follow you at Eleni underscore T and on Twitter. And also to follow Lily Pulitzer both on Twitter and Instagram at Lily Pulitzer. And we're just we're just so happy to have you here. And you were just a wonderful guest. So thank you so much. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com.